everybody. This is the Craft Will Never Die podcast. My name is Blake Weber, and I'm joined by Nick Key, also known as Key Woodworks, and Jason Hibbs, also known as Bourbon Moth Woodworking. You can find me at the Weber Woodshop. All three of us have Instagram and YouTube accounts, but you can find us collectively at Craft Will Never Die on Instagram. We're recording remotely for the first time from three different wood shops in three different states around the U.S., but we are excited to bring you episode number two. What is going on, guys? What's up? What's going on, fellas? I am recording live from my closet. I don't know about you, but it seems very sound dampening. So just so you get a mental picture. Yeah, I wondered what the uh, the shirts and stuff was hanging behind you. I didn't know uh, you had those in your shop. Nope, this is my closet. I oh. just want everyone out there to have a good mental picture of where I am right now. I got a little sound booth going on in my garage this time. I took a bunch of moving blankets and hung them all over the place, so I, I'm set. Mm. Two moving blankets does not constitute a sound booth, Blake. <laughs> oh, it is It is for me, though. That's, <laughs> this is professional recording sound booth right now. He's got two and a half. Okay, all right. <laughs> We're legit. Just to set the stage on how legit this podcast is. Right. Absolutely. So you guys want to hear something amazing? What's Go that? For it. The stools are done. Ooh. What? Man, Jason, you really pushed those things out, didn't you? <laughs> I pushed those stools Sorry. out until I was sore. <laughs> no, they are done. I hit it really hard after I got back from WorkbenchCon. I was like, okay, I have one week before I have to leave to go up to Seattle for another commitment. I'm just going to flip and do this. And so I just I did it, man. I got them all put together, 16 stools, nice. tops cut. I got them sanded. I pre-colored them with that black so they were mm. just popping off and then intense. i did them it was intense black and then i did it again with the rubio so they look good yeah no for for what they are they looked they looked really good but i'm in i'm glad to have those out of my shop and then the day that i delivered them i got a message in my inbox from somebody wanting to know if i could build them stools <laughs> <laughs> of course and i was like no sorry my schedule's full <laughs> <laughs> when it rains it pours and it rains, it pours. But no, I am done with those. They're out of my shop. So happy about that. Now I'm on to doing normal things. I am doing two tables this week, so that should be a lot of fun. Oh, cool. What kind of tables? So I have. Um, I did a project a couple weeks ago over in Bend, which is about two and a half hours from where I'm at in Oregon. And one of the things I did, it was a big vacation rental house. I did a bunch of built-ins over there. And one of the things I did was a big built-in um, kind of bench seat in the dining room. When I say big built-in bench seat, I mean it's like a 12-foot-long kind of horseshoe-shaped bench seat. Oh, you mean so this, huge. Nice, yeah. I mean huge. And so this table is actually going to go inside. I mean, it's going to be in that bench seat area. So it's about, I want to say, a little over 10 feet long, um, solid wow. white oak table. It's going to be a six-quarter top. It's going to have a steel kind of underframe. That's going to kind of give the illusion that it's floating off oh, of the cool. base. Yeah, the frame is kind of tucked in under a little bit, and then it'll sit on some oak um, kind of pedestal base, but it kind of looks like it's floating off the base. It's, it's kind of cool design. Is that going to be like any kind of live edge or slab, or is it just going to be glued up uh, laminated boards? Yeah, it's just glued up um, six quarter boards. This space is kind of on the kind of on the modern side, and so they want really clean squared edges. Um, it'll look pretty cool. The only thing I don't love about it, and I try and tell people about this with bench seats, is the person sitting in the middle of the bench on the other side of the table. 
they're gonna have to slide like way in there yeah. to get to that table. But you almost need like a little there. drawbridge in the middle of the table to lift up. And yeah, you almost need two tables, kind of at a restaurant, you know, with yeah. like a gap in the middle yeah. that you could slide in. But they really wanted a big table since it's a vacation rental. They're thinking like you know families playing games and stuff. And yeah. honestly, it works really well for the space. You but, just put the yeah. kids in the middle and they can crawl underneath or whatever. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm sure kids will be underneath that all the time. What about two benches instead of one long one? Yeah, it's kind of like built into this like alcove in the wall. Oh, the bench is already It's a built-in. Yeah, it's built, okay. it's a built-in bench like it's attached to the I wall. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I saw a so picture of that big, on like, your Instagram. Looked looked pretty good. Yeah, nice. you can see it on my feed. It's a big like horseshoe shaped bench. So it kind of I mean, honestly for the space that was probably the best option and maximizing of, you know, space and capacity. So it'll look cool. So the uh, long-awaited slab story, it is complete, fellas. Ah, I'm done. Nice. Done. It's it's a desk. The desk is done. Wait, I thought you were making an outfeed table for your table. Stand, <laughs> <that thing. laughs> it has been an outfeed table for the past couple of weeks, yeah. But no, it is finished, and I almost brought it into my office today. I wanted to. Oh, okay. I, so I was ready slated, to go. Yeah, I was slated to bring it in tonight and set it up. And then I was a little apprehensive because I knew we were going to record tonight and I just did not want to try to set stuff up on it and something not work right. And because everything is, you know, set up good to go as it is right now. And I just didn't want to mix it up and you thought you jinxed our podcast? Here's the big question Did you try and tackle the cutoff slab keyboard tray? Yes. No. Did it work? No. no. I'm totally no. lying. <laughs> it's sitting okay. on the floor. It's it's on stickers in the floor on the floor in my All shop. Right. So no, I didn't I didn't attempt it. I it's funny after after you mentioned getting hairpin legs for it, I'm totally getting hairpin legs for it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't even I don't even Win. care what you say. I'm getting hairpin no, legs cool, for man. it and it's gonna be an awesome little table. Hey, do what you gotta do. I saw a picture yeah. of that thing on Instagram. What did you do for the legs? Uh, I, I ended up getting some really, really simple trapezoidal uh, metal legs. Ooh. So I Where'd you get them from? Um, table legs. Oh, actually, you know, <laughs> funny. I got them from hairpinlegs.com. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you did. That a kid. All That's right. right. I, I stumbled you got that upon page them. Marked, huh? Yeah, after you mentioned hairpin legs uh, last episode, I was like, uh, hairpinlegs.com, looking for the little side table, and then I noticed they had trapezoid legs. I was like, well, what do you know? So I ordered there a couple from there. Yeah, they're, they they look great. Not sponsored by yeah, him, like. definitely not sponsored by them. But yeah, I put those on. I uh, gave them a couple couple uh, coats of flat black, just good old spray paint. Uh, if you saw my post from yesterday, I busted out the home right uh, large spray shelter. <laughs> you look like you had a little trouble getting that thing. Oh my set gosh! Up, I pulled it out of the bag right, and I'm like, it's just a tent. I've I've been camping. I was a Boy Scout. I mean, that I, is I've so got my, funny. Because yeah, I, I did my, exactly the same thing. Yeah, I've got my, um, what do they call it, the arrow of light. So I know how to camp. I can put up a tent. This is not going to be wait, hard. Wait, 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 wait. The arrow of light? I'm not yeah. familiar with this. Well, you don't know that? When you graduate from Boy Scouts to go, no, yeah, from Cub Scouts to go to Boy Scouts, you go through like all your whatever camp stuff and then you graduate with your arrow of light and you have this like play arrow that you put all these string colors on to represent all the merit badges that you got when you're a Cub Scout. Do you not know did about you graduate? This? No. Did you graduate Boy Scouts on the planet of Krypton or something? That no, this is America, man. 
this is this is legit. This oh, is. Wow. I mean, as far as I know, it was legit. I c- I could have been. You know, some growing sort of weird up as cult, a kid, but... I always wanted to do Boy Scouts, and my parents wouldn't let me. And I've always wished that I could have until right now. I'm so glad <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I may or may not also have an arrow of light that I may or may not want to admit oh, to my... in my closet as well. Gosh, well, please don't pull out your arrows of light right no. now and show them to me. I do not need that. <laughs> no. So. So anyways, yeah, I just put a couple of coats of flat black on them using the Homerite uh, spray shelter, which is basically just a large tent that has three sides with a big opening in the front that you can close. And it, I think they really aim for like the DIYer that wants to spray paint stuff in their driveway or backyard, that kind of thing to keep the mm. spray down. And since it's like 30 degrees here in Kentucky, I didn't want to spray outside, so I just threw it up in my garage just to cut down the overspray. But it took me like 11 minutes was the exact record time because I I was going to record this. I was like, this would be like a (laughs) one-minute Instagram post. I'm going to record it because it's going to be so successful. Watch me. Right, yeah. 11 minutes later, I was like, well, I've got to speed this up quite a bit to make it into the one-minute Instagram post. So I put it at like 800% speed and then put circus music on it because it was crazy. My favorite part of that video is when you stop and look at your phone to see how you put it together. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. I picked up the instructions. I was like, how is this supposed to go? What? Why is this not working right? So the funny thing is I have that same thing and I, I went through exactly the same process with that thing. I was like, I, I've, I must have set up a tent a million times. I got this. I didn't bother to look at the instructions. And, and sure enough, like after about the fourth try, Okay, I'm gonna have to look at the instructions, and, and it's not that difficult to set up. It's just not how you would think it goes together. Yeah, no, I was like, surely all the poles have just got to stay on the outside. So I started with that first, and that was not how you were supposed to do it. But on my post, I got like probably eight or ten people that said they did exactly what I did. So I'm not an idiot. That's because we're me- that's because we're men, and we're yeah. like instructions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys, I will say though, you're a lot better husbands than I am. <laughs> because I spray in my garage, but I was like, yeah, I don't need a booth. And I just spray all over the floor and the wall. And <laughs> it's just, it changes color every week. So you guys are a lot nicer than I, I am. I got that thing because I have this one car garage. And if mm. I spray anywhere, it's going to be on everything. And Oh, it's your shop too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. I get it. I try to keep it down. Well, I will say that whenever I spray with the Fuji though, I just let it rip in the shop. I don't really care too yeah, much well, about the fuji it. doesn't have a ton of over not as nice. much as like a rattle can would yeah by yeah, far yeah yeah what do you got going on blake been an exciting week um i haven't been in the shop much still but uh two things first of all i got a new truck so yeah well a What'd new you get? a new old truck it was a very practical purchase um bought it used it's a 2006 and it had a little over a hundred thousand miles on it but I got a killer deal on the thing, so I'm pretty happy. Um, my old truck was a little Ford Ranger that was... I don't think you can call... You can't call that a truck. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what a lot of people would say. Yeah. Your old car with a pickup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was four-wheel drive, and like I took it up to the mountains a few times, but it was not big enough for the family, and like we've been really itching to get up to the Sierras and, and get, get the kids up to the snow, which... Oh, for, yeah. for you guys, like you probably see snow every day, but for us, it's it's a rarity. So it's it's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's cool, man. So what kind of truck is it? Uh, it's a GMC Sierra. A it's, Sierra for the Sierras. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, Purpose man. built. Yeah, but it's four wheel drive and it's got the king cab. So it's big enough to put the whole family in there and get up to the snow. I'm pretty happy. 
Uh, I bet your boys are super excited about that. Yeah, we're already planning a trip. We're we're stoked. Honestly, like my son just wants to go play in my truck. Having a truck is just like this extra playpen for your kids. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, they've they've been they've been having fun with it. It's it's cool. It's pretty clean and and it's nice, so I'm happy. Uh, awesome, and yeah. then, yeah, and then I made some pretty good connections at WorkbenchCon, and it looks like I might be having a CNC machine showing up at my shop sometime Ooh. soon. Ooh. Yeah, Snap. I, like I said, like that was. Are you allowed to talk about it yet? I, you know, I told him that I'd mentioned on the podcast, so I'm I'm not gonna say the company or get into the specifics yet, but I'm pretty excited about this one because that's been a goal of that's mine awesome. for a little while. How many X's are in it? Yeah, are you going to be able to carve out some good stuff? I am. I am. I, I've got some my eye on a few projects that I want to do. I want to put out uh, some boxes and, and some, some furniture with some carved details on it and that sort of thing. So, yeah, look for that soon in, in my shop. Nice. I love that you do that hand-carved sign that took you forever, and the first thing after <laughs> that is you're like, forget this, I'm getting a CNC machine. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was like, it was like all right... I, I carved my sign by hand, so at, at least now that I have the CNC machine, I've got kind yeah, of like yeah. the street cred to back it up. <laughs> yeah, you could say, it's not that I can't do it. Exactly. I can't do it. Right. I mean, look at yeah. that. There's the sign right no, there. I respect right? that. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> But it is going to make some things, um, it's going to open some doors uh, to some fun projects that, that I can duplicate and kind of mass produce, send out some things possibly to friends and family and maybe some Patreon members that I've promised things to and that sort of thing. So, Well, without saying the brand of the CNC machine, I know that it's the same one that I have that I've yet to learn how to use. So I think my plan now is to let you figure it out <laughs> and then I'm just going to have you teach me how to use it. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll tackle that learning curve together or at least uh, I'll, I'll pave the way and let you know how it goes. Yes, I love it when I don't <laughs> yeah. have to work and can be lazy. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So before we get into our topic, we've got a little word from our sponsor, Jason. Bring it to us. All right. Well, today's sponsor is Pizza CNC. Do you find yourself still ordering pizza cut in normal, boring slices? Well, with Pizza CNC, you don't have to. With the Pizza CNC, you can use the preloaded 350 different shapes to cut your pizza into whatever you want. Do you want a triangle? Sure. Do you want a depiction of the Mona Lisa? No problem. Pizza CNC. Get yours today. Five thousand dollars. <laughs> hey, that's perfect. a steal. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. So, you got a topic for us, or? Uh, yeah, topic. We're gonna talk about um, shop layout and design today. I figured since we're still kind of new on this podcast thing, and we're we're introducing ourselves, we fit, we may as well introduce our shops here. So. Um, we're going to go around the table or the, uh, the, the country, I guess we are, since we're all in three different states yeah. right now doing this remotely, but we're going to, let's see, Jason, you want to start us off and, and just give us a little tour of your shop and, uh, let us yeah. know kind of how you set it up and what thought process went into it. Sure, sure. So my shop, um, it's kind of interesting because when I first started out woodworking, I had a one car, I mean like as small as a one car garage can be shop space to kind of have my wood shop in. But as I've grown, it's not because I switched buildings or spaces. It's because that wall that was making my shop a one-car garage, I just kept tearing down and moving farther and farther away. 
So when you walk just put that thing on, on, on wheels or something on sliders, I honestly should with the amount of times I've torn down that wall and moved it. And the reason I could do that is because the whole building was my shop space. And then my wife's business, she's a, got a textile printing company. Oh, cool. And, um, she had one space and then we actually added an additional space onto the shop, which kind of allowed me to move the wall the first time. And then eventually my business kind of grew to a point where it just made more sense for me to have more space. And so I kind of took over the, the entire original shop layout and she just took the addition. So when I first started setting up my shop, I had this little one car garage. I didn't know a lick about woodworking, but I knew I wanted to kind of get into it. So I got on Grizzly's website and I ordered everything I thought you needed for a wood shop. So I got a cabinet table saw. I got myself a drill press. I had a really cheap Ryobi chop saw. I think I got at Goodwill for $10. Got yourself a pocket hole jig and a stack of pallets. I did. I had a pocket hole jig and I think I had a planer. A lunchbox planer from DeWalt and that was my original shop setup so you'd walk in and along like the right side of my wall I had built a bench and I had put my chop saw in that bench so you could you know cut stuff on that bench my table saw was like directly adjacent to that and then on the back wall was my drill press and then I just had the planer tucked under in a cabinet and I'd pull it out when I needed it and so you're thinking like maybe a 30 foot by 12 foot space like super tiny with these tools crammed in there no dust collection whatsoever so i remember turning on the planer and running like board after board after board through there and i would be like ankle deep in sawdust from this planer just like spitting stuff out you can't do that so no i mean i'm probably i have at least like a tree and a half in my lungs right now (laughs) i mean like seriously seriously I hate to think of what my lungs look like because of that like stupid first like year that I was in that shop. I've got the and walnut then, lung. No, and then I got a dust collection system and tried to like, you know, fix that a little bit, but it was such a small space. And then uh, we built my wife's addition to kind of like grow her business. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to take a little bit more of your space. So I moved the wall back another like 10 feet, I think. So that to me, that was a lot of space. It almost doubled my current shop at that point. And then I was able to have a little lumber rack in there I had on the wall. I got a bandsaw. I built a little table for my planer to sit on so I didn't have to keep pulling it out all the time. Yeah. But looking back now, in that even that small space, I mean, I did some pieces that were like 18-foot built-ins. And Phew. you literally would build the built-in in the middle of the shop, like get all your boxes and everything. And it took up the entire shop. So, like, you were, like, standing inside the built-in to <laughs> right. run pieces of wood now through the what? table saw. I know how that is. I mean, is. yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. And so I did that for a year and a half, two years. And then finally this um, – it was a year ago. Well, this January, it was one year since we took over the entire shop. So, basically, I tore down that wall that had already moved. I opened up the entire shop, which is about – 25, 30 feet by 60 or 70. Oh, wow. So, that's a huge that's shop. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if, from what I started at to where I'm in now, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much space. And one of the cool things is, so my shop is, it's just a big rectangle, right? And the ceiling's a drop ceiling. It's about nine and a half feet high. And when we built the addition onto the shop for my wife's business, we wanted a vaulted ceiling. 
Ah. And so her her addition has this vaulted ceiling. So when I tore down that wall and I opened up my shop space, I needed wood storage. So I actually bumped my wood storage into her shop space just a little bit, and I capitalized on her ceiling height. Oh, yeah. So my wood storage bumps into her shop space about two and a half feet, but allows me to store vertical boards up to 13 feet just in that little bump out. Oh, that's I'm capitalizing solid. on her. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those things that I thought of like as we were doing it, but it's worked like perfectly because I have this vertical storage that I don't have to worry about like the ceiling height or any way, yeah. anything like that. Now, why do you still have the drop ceiling on your side of the shop? Why not just remove that and have the high ceilings? Yeah, well, I thought about removing it, but the way that the ceiling, are they tresses? Is that what you call them? Joists? Sure. Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. The ceiling, the ceiling woody things. I'm not a contractor (laughs) at all. Um, The way that they're constructed, if I remove the ceiling, you just have so many of those braces going across. And then I would have to take the insulation and I'd have to like put it up inside, like against the roof. And I'd have to get something up. I mean, it would be like this huge process to, to do that on my side of the shop. So I kept the ceiling on my side, but I have the raised wood storage, which is really nice. And then slowly I've just been adding tools. Like when I started out woodworking, I did not have a joiner at all. I didn't even know how to use a joiner. And so I would join every single board with a track saw. Yeah. And it it took forever. Or I would get really fancy and you can kind of make a jig to get a straight edge on your table saw what i would do is i'd take like a board i'd hook it to a piece of plywood and i'd like use a a brad nailer and i'd nail it to the plywood and then you can run it through the table saw to get a straight edge yeah it works but when you're doing a whole stack of lumber to do like an entire table it just takes forever and so finally i got a joiner and that about blew my mind like oh my gosh you can run this board through and get a straight edge in like two minutes it's crazy and then I upgraded my planer. So now I got a eight inch joiner, helical head. Next to that, I have a twenty inch, um, five horsepower planer now. Wow. Got I got my original table saw. It's funny if you look at my shop, where my original wall was, that side of the shop is pretty much untouched. I still have like my bench set up with my chop saw, although I've upgraded from my ten dollar Ryobi to a way more than ten dollar Festool Apex. <laughs> I won't even say the price because it's ridiculous. Eleven dollars. Oh, yeah. It was like twelve dollars at least. Um, sorry, my phone's trying to talk to me. Um, yeah. So, planer joiner are my biggest upgrades for that. I got a bigger dust collection system now. Everything's piped in now, which it wasn't originally. So my table saw, my planer, my joiner, my drill press, oscillating sander, chop saw, all is you know piped in with dust collection. That's which awesome. Has been really nice. Hey, let yeah. me ask you about so. about your power to all your machines. How yeah. did you originally have the idea of where everything was going to go in your shop and you just had like like an electrician come in and, and drop you uh, power to everything or was it already planned out or already pre No, pre so I, I lucked out when I had the one car garage that originally the previous owners had a washer and dryer in there. So I had 220 in there for the oh, washer and dryer nice. that I plugged my table saw into and it just happened to be right where my table saw was. But that was the wall that we actually took down to expand. So as I moved that wall, I had to figure out electrical. Yeah. So originally I had an electrician come in and I just dropped power down from the ceiling and I would do like a post wherever my machine was and run the power down through conduit and just have it plugged in. Gotcha. And I did that the first time I moved the wall, I hired an electrician. And then the second time I moved the wall, 
I was so dumb, and I did an Instagram story about how I was going to hire an electrician <laughs> to come and run this 220, and I got like 50 DMs from people, and they're like, oh, what, you can't run your own electrical? <laughs> and so, you know, being a prideful male that I am, I'm like, fine, I am going to run my own electrical. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got on YouTube, and I figured out how to do it myself, which honestly, it's not that hard, and nothing's burned down yet, so I've just been doing it myself. Right. Keyword is yet, though. Yet. Right. Yet. Right. I think I did it right. The hardest part was when I ran out of 220 slots in my box. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm definitely going to have to hire an electrician. But honestly, I looked up on YouTube and you can just combine two slots and make an additional 220. So it wasn't that hard. Huh. And I didn't die. Yeah. Electrical is so. way above my pay grade. I I just always call electrician. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing I'm really excited about is... For me, sheet storage has always been this like horrible issue. Like storing plywood is not an easy thing to do. And I use a lot of sheet goods for, you know, cabinets and things like that. And it's just a pain to store. If you stack them, it takes up so much room in your shop. And so the other day, I had this idea. <laughs> and I think what I'm going to do is on the back of my shop, I'm going to build an exterior shed off the back of my shop. Oh. Okay. And then inside my shop, I'm going to frame out these like set of slotted holes that actually go out into that exterior shed so I can slide full sheets of plywood into each one of those slotted holes, but it won't take up any space in my shop. They'll be stored in that shed, but oh, I can wow. access them through Brilliant. Those slotted spaces in my shop. It'd be like the mailman? Yeah, kind of. So is that slot going to be vertical or horizontal? I think it's going to be vertical. Yeah, because be, you'd have to put in like a big header to do horizontal, I guess. What's a header? I don't know that kind of stuff. I just <laughs> throw it up there. I start cutting holes and just do it, man. I live out in the country. Oh, this, is, this is like, yeah, this is like wild, wild west. You just cut holes and figure it out. So is there anything that you put specifically into the thought of like the layout of your shop? I mean, you have such a big space, but did you think like, okay, this is kind of the, the processing area where the joiner and planer is, and then I move on to this area or anything like that? Yeah, so originally when I got my joiner and plater, I had them like set up kind of apart from each other. And then I quickly realized that when you're joining, you're also planing pretty like, you know, in, in rapid procession right after one or the other. And so I thought, you know, I want those closer together. So I actually squished my joiner and planer. They butt up right next to each other. And so I can literally plane down one side, flip the board around and run it through the, uh, the I can joint down one side and then flip the board around and run it through the planer if I want to. They're like right next to each other. Um, so I've kind of like, yeah, I've moved stuff around as I figure out layout, but. Workflow, yeah. The flow, yeah. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing right now is my chop saw is on like one end of my shop and then my work tables are on like the far other side of my shop. And so I've even thought about putting an additional chop saw in. So I have one at each side. So it's like whatever one I'm close to, but that might be a little excessive. I don't know. Why don't you just <laughs> dig out your old Ryobi? Yeah, I think I threw that off a cliff. <laughs> I don't remember what I did with it, but boy, I had that thing and I built a lot of furniture with that cheap little Ryobi and then one day I put a like a square on it because I was just like I wonder if this thing is square and I almost passed out I was like holy <laughs> cow this thing is nowhere near square and it wasn't adjustable so I couldn't do anything about it it was just going to be permanently not square and that's when I bought my Capex and that thing is amazing 
Yeah. I, I had that same Ryobi saw when I did my remodel because I had a, I have a nice chop saw in my garage, but I wanted one out on the other side of the house where the job site was when we were doing this addition. So I had that thing as kind of like a beater saw to, to be partially outside covered with a tarp and, you know, just abuse it. And it, it got just about to the end of the remodel and then just exploded in a ball of smoke yeah. and flames. <laughs> but it got me through the job. Yeah, no, it's nice to have those tools that you just can, like, beat up and not care about. Like, oh, I wonder if this chop saw can cut through this rock. Ooh. <laughs> What's the newest thing in your shop? Ooh, the newest thing in my shop. New toy. Uh, I mean, the newest big tool in my shop would be my joiner, probably. I, um, I'm getting a, um, a lathe here in the next month Uh-oh. or so. Oh, yeah, which I'm really excited about. I literally have never used a lathe in my entire life. Neither I don't have I. even. I haven't. Either. I look at them and I'm like, "That's gonna kill you." There's no <laughs> way. Like this thing's spinning, and I'm gonna hold this blade up to that makes no sense at all. Um, but no. So I mean, as you guys know, Grizzly is one of my sponsors. I absolutely love Grizzly. Go check out their website. Um, <laughs> but they've been they've been super good to me, and we've been talking about a lathe for a while. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know how to use a lathe. But another guy that they work really closely with, his name is um, Justin Larose. Epically a Justin is his Instagram name. Yeah. But he's um, from. Los Angeles, I believe. I'm actually going to go down there in May and spend a week in his shop. And he takes skateboards and he laminates them up into these big blocks. And then he turns all sorts of crazy stuff out of them, like baseball bats and like um, handles for espresso machines and cups and like all this crazy yeah. stuff. So I'm going to spend a week in his shop and he's going to show me like lathing 101 and kind of like run me through everything. So it should be really fun. And then hopefully after that, I'll be able to use the lathe. That's cool. Yeah, I've never had a lathe either, and I, I've always been afraid that if I go down that path that it's going to be a rabbit hole that I, I just deep dive way too far into. I, it's like I don't want to start because I don't know where it'll end, and <laughs> I'll never get anything else done. Well, since you're old, I think you'll just end up making pens for this. <laughs> yeah, just pens, <laughs> pen after pen. Uh, oh, that's the old man lathe trap. Just push my rocking chair up to the lay and then just plant myself there for the rest of eternity. I swear every, no offense to you old time woodworkers, we absolutely love you. <laughs> but every time I meet like a really old time woodworker, the conversation starts or ends with me being offered a hand turned pen. <laughs> it's just like, or a whittled spoon. literally ingrained in them, yeah. Just start a collection. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's the basic layout of my shop. I'm still figuring it out. Um, but yeah, it's wor- it's it's working good. So now I'm just trying to figure out. I know it's a big shop, but I'm still trying to figure out like how can I cram more tools into there. I have a a router table in boxes that I haven't set up yet, but I'm excited to get that set up. And eventually, one thing I want to do also is I have my dust collection system and my compressor inside my shop. And hopefully this spring, I'm going to build another little like shed off my shop that I can put the dust collector and compressor in and that'll free up a lot more shop space in the actual like, you know, shop itself. Yeah, that'd be cool. You need like a yeah. one of those step counters or something to tell you how much how many miles you've walked a day just walking around in your wood shop building furniture. That's the thing. With a big shop, you do. You walk a lot, which is nice. Oh, and the other thing, so off the far end of my shop, I have two doors in my shop, one at each end, and the far end of my shop, there's another door, and it goes out right now onto this concrete pad, and there's this like um, overhang, eh, it's like a covered 
concrete slab off the edge of my shop. And also this spring, my hope is to kind of close that in, add a garage door, and that'll eventually become a finishing room off my shop. Oh, yeah. Nice. So I can, bi- can build in my shop, take stuff directly out to the finishing room, finish it, and then it can go out the garage door right into the trailer, and then boom, delivery. That'd be Sweet, solid. So. Yeah, so that's my shop. What about um, what about you, Nick? What's your setup look like? Paint the picture. Buddy. So, what you described as your first shop um, is pretty much my shop now. So, no, what is it? A two-car garage? Yeah. So, I, my shop is a two-car garage that is well, it's one of those two-door two-car garages. So, it's a little bit oversized than the typical American two-car garage. So, I haven't actually ever measured how big it is. It's it's a little bit oversized and it's actually deeper than most garages. Um, the previous owners of the house at one point added these like shelves that have these sliding uh, plywood doors on the front, um, and I've just left them there. But that takes up about probably three or four feet of the back of the garage, and then you would have your regular car stall. So it's it's a pretty good sized shop. But I just use half of it because I let the wife park her van on the other side because I'm a nice husband, and that <laughs> and she would kill me if she she had to park outside because yeah you wind- let her or she lets you use part of it basically for- <laughs> yeah, yeah let me yeah. rephrase <laughs> she lets me use the other side of the garage for a shop so how often do you set like boards on that minivan to dry as you're finishing stuff actually I'd never have to because she so she's a nurse and she's working weekend shifts. And uh, she stays at home all week, Monday through Friday with the kids. And then on the weekend, she's at the hospital. And because she's at the hospital, the, the van's gone on Saturdays when I get most ah, of my okay. shop time. So usually I can move stuff into that space if I need to, like like setting up the, uh, the home right shelter, stuff like that. I can use that area, but then I have to make sure I can break it down and get it back out of there so the van can pull back in it at eight o'clock at night, right? <laughs> Does she ever open up the garage door and you just have like a project halfway? Yeah, that happened. So last year I was working on this huge, just enormous uh, reclaimed oak dining table. And it was like a 40, 46 or 48 inch wide by, I think it was about seven foot long, uh, eight quarter reclaimed oak table. And I glued up the top over on her side. And then as soon as I finished gluing it up, I was like, well, now what am I going to do with this? I can't move this thing. <laughs> like, where am I supposed to yeah. put it? So I just left it there and she opened the garage and like tried to pull in and, you know, backed out and then started screaming at me like, what What are you doing? I was like, sorry, <laughs> it won't be here for long. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> Puts the pressure on you to finish every right, project. Yeah. Like, I, I'm gonna, time. I'll, I'll finish this ASAP, I promise. So like two weeks later, it was done. But, <laughs> but no. Hey, I, my yeah. wife hasn't parked in the garage for like, two years so you're way nicer than i am really man well yeah i just kicked her out and turned it in that's my current spray booth is our two guard garage which is separate from my shop but i don't have a spray room so i'm like i'm just gonna make our garage my whole spray right because apparently apparently i'm a jerky husband (laughs) right yeah you are i'm really confused right now because you guys keep talking about parking a car in a garage and i've I've never heard of that i don't i don't understand why anybody would want to park a car that's what's so strange Like I have always grown up where we put our cars in the garage and yet I meet all these folks that are like the garage. You don't put your car in there. That's where all your crap goes. Like, yeah. Garage. Some people call it garbage. The garbage. 
Yeah, I mean, I have always parked a car in the garage until moving here and deciding that it was going to be my shop. But because I have to move everything out of the way, I thought, well, everything needs to be on wheels. So everything in my shop is mobile so Mm -hmm. that I can move it to the side. I do have the room to move everything to the side and still pull my car in and park at night if I wanted to. Uh, the last time I did that was uh, early 2017, so I don't really, I don't <laughs> so really move stuff. Yeah. So your priorities are in the right place. Yeah, exactly. So it's pretty much become my permanent shop. But yeah. So when you when you walk into my garage, uh, you're right there at my outfeed table, uh, which is what we talked about last last episode about my glorified centipede and plywood outfeed, and this my. Uh, Table saw is right there next to that. So that's the center of the shop, like right in the middle. What kind of table saw you got? I've got a really old, cheap craftsman saw that I got from a buddy for nothing. So I can't complain because I didn't pay for it. Um, he just gave it to me because he was leaving town and didn't want to take it with him. But it's it's the rigid uh, 4512, I think, is the model number. It's the exact replica of the really cheap rigid saw that, uh, it's a contractor saw, 10-inch contractor, that a lot of people get uh, when they first start, and they quickly realize that the fence is garbage, the arbor doesn't oh, yeah. stay, stay stay true, and you get a lot of run out, and it's, there's a lot of issues with it. I've had really good luck with my saw uh, after I upgraded my fence. So I, I swapped out the, the stock fence with a Vega, and it has been dead on since then. Um, I've used one of those. Those are good fences. Yeah, I really like it. It's it's really accurate and it stays locked in, which was the biggest problem that I had with the the stock saw that I'd make one cut and then I'd go to make my second cut and it would be off by like a 16th to even more uh, and yeah. you'd be like, "What is happening? I haven't touched a thing." So Well, and even from a safety standpoint, a fence that moves around is just sketchy. Yeah. yeah. I don't like that. But it also it never moved like predictably. Like Sometimes it would stay true, and then sometimes just the back half of the the fence would walk just a little bit out. Uh, yeah. It's it just really annoying because anytime you're trying to break down larger stuff, it it would just it wasn't accurate, and it I mean it was just like your Ryobi miter saw. I was like, why am I using this? But like I said, since I upgraded the, to the Vega, it's been phenomenal. Little saw, throw on a a really sharp blade, and it can handle just about everything I throw at it. But nice. Uh, but my first tool that I actually got for woodworking, quote unquote, was a miter saw, uh, just a really cheap 10 inch Hitachi miter saw. And I still have it. It's a workhorse. It's been dead straight out of the box. Didn't have to adjust it. And I've only had to adjust it like three or four times since then. It's just such a great a, saw. Is it a sliding no, miter or no? Straight. Okay. Uh, what do they call it? Just a regular pull down uh, dual bevel. Less expensive. Yes, <laughs> a less expensive. <laughs> a good chop saw. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a great chop saw. Uh, and I always tell people, anybody that asks me, like, what's the first, you know, like, tool you need to buy? I always tell them, get a good miter saw because you could do yeah, so many things sure. with it. And I have, I've built, like, when I first started woodworking, I built almost everything with that saw. Just cut this and that, all of everything. But, mm. uh, so I've got, uh, the, the table saw, like I said, is in the middle of my shop. Then I have my CNC is off to the, the left of that. And that's the only thing in my shop not on wheels just because it doesn't 
need to be. I've got it kind of tucked underneath my lumber rack, which is on the wall. And it's, it's the XXL shape Oco, uh, CNC. So it's fairly nice. large. It's like 30, 30 inch by 30 inch cutting surface. So it's pretty large and I just didn't want to have to deal with moving that around. So I just made a permanent. Have you used that? Do you use that often? Yeah, I use it quite a bit. Um, I I used to post a lot of stories about it when it was kind of popular to show CNCs and stuff. Not that it's not really popular now, but it's about I feel to like, get way more popular. Yes, I feel like weeks, you two so. are about to blow it up. <laughs> but I feel like I well, have Blake is, and then I'll just we're gonna follow him. We're gonna bring that back. Yeah, you're it's, you're gonna make it hot again. I guarantee uh, yeah. it. <laughs> but I feel like I've only been doing like the certain or like the the same things over and over with it so like you show it once like why why do i keep showing the same same sign that i'm cutting that kind of thing yeah, like yeah. it's funny on saturdays when i'm in the shop i'll usually cut the same same sign like two or three times but i just no, don't mention it because nobody really cares because it's the same sign right <laughs> i yeah, mean they're yeah. popular people are buying them and i'm selling them but i don't think anybody cares that i'm making them but that's the nice, I mean, that's the nice thing about a CNC is you can just like set it and let it do something and then walk away and work on something else. Yeah. That's but it. since you're mentioning that sign, uh, tell us what that sign is because I've seen that thing in your shop and it's hilarious. The plan ahead, that sign? I yeah. didn't stutter. The plan ahead. <laughs> that was not a stutter. That was, that's exactly no, yeah, what it that says. sign. That's not even the sign that I'm making all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I should be making that more than, than I am just because I thought that was funny, but apparently it's not that funny. Spell it out though for the audience in case they're wondering why you're stuttering. Yeah, so I, I have got this sign in my shop that I made a long time ago as a joke called uh, the plan ahead sign. And in the video that I showed of, of me making it, I cut through the D on a head to where it looks like I didn't plan ahead for the whole word to be cut out. You silly, silly I, no, guy. I, the old bait and switch at the end, you know. Oh. But yeah, I, that's been like a, a long time running joke for, I don't even know how long the plan ahead or like the measure twice cut once that doesn't fit. Right. But I thought I need you to send me one of those though. Yeah. I'll send you one. Yeah. So wait, where are you selling? Where are you selling these signs? You have like a retail shop? Yeah. I'm, just my website. You can go on there and order one. What? Yeah. I never knew. Yeah, you can go there. www.keywoodworks.com. I put it, not sponsored uh, by keywoodworks.com. No, not sponsoring <laughs> myself. Uh, no, but I thought that people would, would buy a lot of those, but I'm not even really making a whole lot of those. I'm making a ton of uh, my old Kentucky home signs that people are hanging on their doors. So It says my old Kentucky home? Yeah, so it's a center, I guess they call it relief cuts because it's all, you cut out the negative space and just leave the lettering in a circle that says my old Kentucky home wrapped around a uh, Kentucky state shape. I'm totally buying one of those for my front door. You should totally hang it in Oregon. <laughs> in Oregon? <laughs> yeah, people will be like... People are going to be so confused. What? Where am I? <laughs> yeah, so I thought that I would be selling the plan heads, but I'm selling a lot more of those my old Kentucky homes, so I'd cut those all the time. It's it's weird. But like you said, you know, you could set it and forget it. I still constantly will set it and stand there and watch it cut the whole sign even though I've watched it cut like a hundred signs, I watch just, it almost ooh, every time. There's something like mesmerizing. <laughs> yeah, it just it's like a tractor beam just sucks you right in. You're like, I gotta watch it, even though you know yeah. it's gonna be totally fine and it's the exact same cut that you've done for like a week. It does. You still watch it. 
So what are some of the things that you put into your shop when you were setting it up for the flow or kind of the, the layout that, that you think are unique or, or what's something that you could bring to maybe somebody that's setting up a shop for the first time? I would definitely say you need to have something like a large work surface assembly table, outfeed, something that you can put a lot of your pieces on and assemble your your projects. Because when I first started, I neglected that and I was working on the floor and my garage floor is not level. So that doesn't help. That's number one. And then two, you're on the floor. So your back is just spent by the time you're you know, done building whatever you're building. So if you could, if you could put a larger surface like a, a work table that would be my number one piece of advice to put in your shop. And something mm. I'm actually working towards now is replacing my, my outfeed table. Hopefully I've got something coming down the pipes that I'll have something a little bit better to work on, but better than a centipede. Yeah. I think I'm going to get rid of it. I, what I'm, I'm not going to get Oof. rid of it completely because on Saturdays a I'll centipede be able to, is famous now. Though. Yeah. I'll we've, be able to throw it over there in the, <laughs> in the other side of the garage and still use it for stuff. But mm-hmm. I don't want to use it as like, an actual building service anymore. Yeah, I hear you. So I got a question for Nick, but I also want to hear Jason's answer to this. Um, what What do you think is your balance between hand tools and power tools that you that you use in the shop or, or that are actually in your shop? What are you using for hand tools? Um, ideally, I would love to be like a like a fifty fifty hybrid power tool hand tool. I mean, what woodworker? doesn't want to say you know i use uh, <laughs> why just quit laughing i'm serious well i just remember last episode where you're like so i was gonna hand play exactly. this entire slab and you did two passes <laughs> exactly gave up on it. exactly but that's what i was gonna say but in reality i'm like a 99 percent power tool user and one percent hand tool user even though i've been i've been slowly collecting a bunch of hand tools like i've got the i've got a nice set of chisels and i've got a set of chisels i use for scraping glue and paint chisels. Open, open a paint <laughs> That's right. yeah. Opening, yeah, throwing across the shop and all that stuff. I call those expensive screwdrivers, exactly. but whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they are. Uh, and then I've got, you know, I've, I've got a nice block plane, a uh, scrub plane, um, number four, number seven. You know, I've got all the, all the really nicer hand planes, but I don't get a chance to use them as much just from what I'm building currently. But hopefully that'll mm. change. I mean, I want to make yeah, you know, yeah. some littler things that I can get more hand hand tools, you know, involved. But uh, I mean, right now they collect a lot more dust than they're they're making dust. Well, they shouldn't make dust. That means yeah, I mean, they should be making shavings. Right. Yeah. That, I guess that's, <laughs> that's true. See, that's right how much there, I know Nick. about hand tools. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fifty fifty. Right. For me, I would say it's like eighty twenty. Does that equal 100? Yeah, 80-20. Math is hard. Yeah, that math checks out. Math is hard. Okay. I mean, definitely more power tools than hand tools, but I will say this. As I've started to learn more about hand tools, there's certain things that hand tools can do that power tools just can't do. Like this last year, I spent a lot of time kind of like discovering and figuring out how to properly sharpen and use card scrapers. Yes. And I am using card scrapers all the flipping time now because – I can throw my orbital sander up and sand the crud out of the top of the table, but the only thing that really gets rid of sanding marks, like, you know, little swirls mm-hmm. or imperfections the sander leaves behind that i found is a card scraper, man. You can sand with the orbital sander, switch to the card scraper, and just take off some, like, really nice shavings and get a really good finish, and then you're you're ready to go. 
Um, but getting it sharp, using it properly is definitely a key. There was a time when I was a lot like Nick and my card scrapers were making dust. So yeah. Did you see my post proper. about my uh, card scraper? No. no. So like, uh, probably we don't follow you, Nick. You don't follow me? No. You should probably follow me. Should we? Maybe. <laughs> a couple months ago, I posted about uh, my card scraper and it was basically a lead in of how to sharpen your your card scraper. So I go through the whole thing of, you know, you file down the bevel and get everything and you get your burnisher out. And then I did a hard cut to me running the stock right through the planer. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. Right. (laughs) No, but I mean, I haven't used a ton of hand planes, but there's something so satisfying about pushing that card scraper across the top of a a slab or like a tabletop and getting those just paper thin shavings i mean it's really really satisfying so but it hurts my, i've been enjoying that hurts my thumbs like crazy was it because the heat or what no like because bending like i maybe it might be my car scraper but i've got the one from df tools and it's a little bit thicker than the average one and it it just kills my hands to to get that good bend on it to get a good angle on the on the well burr. one thing i found is it really helps if you don't have um like childish hands like if you have manly you gotta, hands you gotta work out that those, helps. those fingers man yeah, yeah, yeah i should quit using lotion <laughs> oh but before we like you know run out of too much time i want to hear about blake's shop so yeah let's what hear you it got blake. going over there man uh i'm currently in what i would call a generous one car garage i guess um but this is probably the third or fourth iteration of my shop i started out in an old horse stables on my grandparents property up in kind of the santa cruz mountains and there was that's literally, where you were born yeah it was it was a like a legit horse stables and like okay there was enough uh there was enough power for basically one little light bulb and every time i turn a tool on it would trip uh trip the breaker and it was just i, I mean i made do with it and i made some some cool stuff at the time but uh, when I got into this shop, I was like, all right, I, I'm, I'm going to be here for a while. And I kind of talked about this in the last episode, but I just uh, pulled the walls apart all the way down to the studs and started with the electrical, made sure that there was outlets everywhere and then um, insulation and drywall and put the thing back together because I, I knew that I was kind of digging in to, to put my dream shop together for a little while. Well, yeah, because you spent a long time just getting your shop like ready to go i mean how much time did you spend just on like the outside like structural part of your shop i mean electrical drywall all that it was probably about five years since we moved into the house to where i was like this this shop's ready to go yeah so during that time i was also working on the house and a lot of the house projects while we were living in the house for the first few years took priority but whenever i'd get a chance i'd go out there and work on the actual shop itself for a little while okay but um I did a lot. I knew that this shop was tiny and I wanted to cram a lot of stuff in here. So I did a lot of built-ins. So like my my bench for my chop saw is a built-in bench and I got rid of the old um, stacked craftsman toolbox that I had all my hand tools in and I got mm. some like husky toolboxes that I that were just the right size to build into the benches. So everything's kind of like there. there's not an inch of air gap around anything at this point. It's all just... Yeah perfectly like crammed together in here so like take us through so you walk into your shop like do you come in from your house or you come in from outside in the garage door yeah so there's a garage door in the back and then there's also like a single car garage door that opens in the front 
typical uh, one-car garage, I guess. And right by the front garage door, there's my table saw. And on the left wall, I have my chop saw bench with the, the built-in bench with the chop saw there and some built-in benches. And then um, there's actually... One thing that I forgot to mention is that my my shop shares space with the washer and dryer. So I actually built oh. kind of this wall around the washer and dryer, which takes up some of this uh, floor space. I have kind of the opposite problem with from Jason with, you know, just almost too much space walking around. I can pretty much hit every tool in my shop just from standing in, in the middle of it. Are your tools like are they when you walk into your shop, are they all like laid out, ready to go? Or do you have stuff that you have to kind of like bring out when you want to use it and put away? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've gone through lots of different versions of that. But for the most part, now everything I've got set up and ready to go. And that was one of the main goals of the shop when I started is I I realized that, you know, doing this as a hobby and only getting a little bit of time here and there, I wanted it to be as efficient as possible so I can just come out here and build something. I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time setting up tools. So, yeah, yeah. So, for example, my table saw is is on wheels, but I've got it so that if I'm just doing small if I'm just making small cuts with small pieces of wood, then I can do it just standing between the table saw and the garage door. But if I want to cut a bigger piece of plywood on the table saw, I can wheel it out a little bit more into the middle of the shop. And if I want to cut something or if I want to rip a longer board, I just open the garage door and send it through the table saw that way. And I took a similar tactic for my bandsaw, which is actually most people would put a bandsaw in the middle of the room, but I actually stuck that thing way in the corner where if I have a longer board, I just open the garage door and beat it through from outside. Oh, nice. And you're in California, so weather, I mean, it's not really... Yeah, which is why I was joking earlier about parking a car in a garage. It's just not something that you have to do here. I'm lucky, I guess, in that sense, in coastal coastal California. Um, But I I also, like, I don't have an insulated garage door, which, you know, it's been a little bit chilly lately, you know, 75 or something. Oh my gosh, shut up. Drive me a river. But, uh, so here's my here's my question. Sure. You share the garage with the washer and dryer. I do. Have you ever thought about like using the dryer as a little kiln? Ooh. Just throw some walnut in there and <laughs> let it go. A little <laughs> tumble kiln. Clunk, 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 clunk. Yeah. I mean it would sound horrible, but I don't know. I think that might work. That might work if I'm just putting tiny pieces in there and letting them clunk around. Yeah. Or like seasoning like spoons or bowls or something. I don't know. Maybe. I was just trying to maximize your space for you, buddy. Yeah. One of the things that I made sure to do to maximize space in here the most was pay attention to the heights of all of the different tables and surfaces in here. So in order to have everything kind of crammed together, for example, the um, the the table for the bandsaw is just a little bit higher than than the table for the chop saw. And actually, my whole chop saw bench is quite a bit higher than like most people would walk up to that and think it was a little awkwardly tall. But I actually did that so that I could shove my joiner under the chop saw bench. And I okay. the joiner usually has a handle that sticks up that you would grab onto um, to move the, the fence to kind of like change the angle of the fence. And I just unscrewed that handle because even those three inches was enough to where it could fit under the chop saw bench. So everything in there is like, planned out to the inch and it just has to be because I, I pretty much have, you know, everything in here that a full size wood shop would have, but it's 14 by 21 feet minus whatever the space is for the, the laundry area. Well, and that's the cool thing is that, I mean, yes, I have a pretty big shop for just me working in it, but you could produce the exact same things that I'm producing in your smaller shop, you know, 
it, it just size doesn't matter when you have a good layout. So does just that something that you, that, Jason? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> size doesn't matter. <laughs> Whatever you got to so, say, say. Yeah, go ahead. You, you're saying that like everything, you know, is like laid out purposefully and you really kind of did that, like your heights of benches and tables and everything. Is that something that you like sat down and drew up beforehand so that you knew what you were doing or did you just kind of figure it out as you went? I guess a little bit of both. So I did, I used SketchUp quite a bit when I was setting up this shop to try to figure out what the layout was going to be, but it you know, and I put a lot of thought into which tools were compatible next to each other and which tools uh, could be in the corner versus needed to be in the middle of the mm. room and that sort of thing. But in the end, it didn't really turn out. It was a good exercise in thinking about that kind of stuff, but it didn't, didn't turn out to be anything like I had originally planned it. Basically, what happened is I just kept tweaking it and tweaking it. So I would move, you know, this tool here or there and and change things around. Um, I mean, the, the, the main constants, I guess, would be the table saw. Uh, another example is I have this large cabinet that is on a large wall cabinet that sticks out quite a bit, but the wing of the table saw goes under that. So, um, you know, that space over that wing is pretty much wasted space most of the time. So I have that cabinet there. Um, and then the other constant is my chop saw bench that that's actually built into the wall. But most of it was just... Um, I have a lot of, like Nick said, a lot of his tools are mobile and it's the same thing for me. Um, my bench, even my, my like hand tool workbench is on wheels. My table saw is on wheels. My bandsaw is on wheels. So, um, it's in the corner of the shop and I can open up the, the garage door to run things through the bandsaw. But if it is raining or cold, I can actually wheel it into the middle of the shop and use it too. So the things that so I, so here's the, here's the final question. Sure. And maybe you haven't thought about this yet. Where in the world are you going to put a CNC machine? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, so I have this area in the back of my shop that's like an L-shaped countertop space. And so underneath it are just cabinets and some storage. And I also crammed um, my air compressor in a little soundproofing box and my, um, my Fuji sprayer back in that corner also um, underneath that cabinet uh, or underneath that countertop. But the top of the countertop is, I don't really use it for much. So that's the perfect place mm. for a CNC. And I wanted specifically the CNC that this particular company that I'm not going to mention yet, they make one that's kind of an in-between size. It's longer than it is mm. wide, and it's going to fit perfectly on that countertop because it's not... Like X, X marks the spot. <laughs> XL, something like that, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that's awesome, man. So here's... My last and final question. Sorry to hit you with so many questions. Once you get that CNC in there, is your shop complete? No. Or are there other tools you want in there? No, I'm glad you asked because um, one of my biggest needs now is and always has been a dedicated dust collection system. So mm-hmm. this, you have no dust collection. Well, right now? so this this shop, I'm I take a lot of pride in having this like dialed, like totally set up shop. But I've been using um, one of the larger Craftsman uh, shop backs, basically, or um, yeah, and a separate cyclone separator for my dust collection. And it actually works pretty well. So most of my tools, um, I've taken the time to set up really good dust collection at the source of the tool. And that two and a quarter inch hose and shop vac actually works fairly well. I just have to unplug it and plug it into whatever tool I'm using at the time. 
but I've made do and it it's worked okay. There's the chop saw is the biggest offender and the table saw a little bit for dust collection. But I've had issues in the past where I've actually had allergic reactions and respiratory problems and Oh wow. Yeah. So I take it pretty seriously. And also for my job, we we're in a lot of atmospheres where we're breathing stuff and we just don't have a choice, you know, the the environments that we're in. So I get exposed to enough crap as it is and I try not to do that on my on my off days. So I take the dust collection pretty seriously. Um, yeah. So that's going to be the last piece of the puzzle. I'm working on getting one of those this year, but I I honestly have no idea where it's going to go yet. I'm thinking about building a little sort of almost like a outdoor closet kind of lean to uh, on right on the outside of my um, garage and then just piping it in. But I'm not really sure exactly where I'm going to go with that. Your neighbors are going to love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's going to have to be. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's so going to have to be insulated well for sound, that's for sure. So we want to do a new segment at the end of each podcast and Nick's going to tell us a little bit about what that's going to be called. We are going to be calling this new segment New Maker Who Dis. <laughs> Who Dis? Yeah, so that's where we're going to introduce uh, a new maker or at least new to us, somebody that we've found that we're following recently and uh, I'm going to tell you guys about somebody who I've been following for a little while, but I actually just recently got a chance to meet him at um, at WorkbenchCom. And his name... Jimmy Duresta. <laughs> you may nope. or may not nope, have heard not, of him now, but... Not him. His name is Michael Alm, and his channel is called Alm Fab. So he's got an awesome YouTube channel and also Instagram account, both by the name What was of it? Alm? Alm? Yeah, Alm Fab. His name is Michael Alm, and it's A-L-M... F-A-B. Alm Fab. I wanted you guys yeah. to check him out because he does some incredible work. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's a he's a nice guy, too. I, I had a good time chatting with him at WorkbenchCon a couple weeks ago. But one of the things that he does in particular, which I like, um, other than some pretty awesome furniture, is he does a lot of artistic stuff that's, that's just totally unique that nobody else is doing, almost like anatomical animal parts and bird wings and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, this wing thing that this I'm looking at is wing. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is insane. I'm just actually still looking. <laughs> no, he's got some... That record cabinet is looking really sick. That multicolored record cabinet. He does some modern stuff that's pretty cool, but and, and some mid-century kind of influence stuff, but... I think people should should check him out because he's he's got some really unique stuff on his feed and and nice guy too. Awesome man. So I'll put a link in the description or the the show notes for for Michael Alm of Alm Fab and uh, you guys go check him out when you get a chance. Awesome, and I just want to remind everybody if you are not following us on Instagram, make sure you go follow Craft Will Never Die Instagram. We do um, post throughout the week so you can stay up to date on when new episodes are going to come out. And we also do some, you know, various posts that relate to each episode. So you don't want to miss those. So go follow Craft Will Never Die. That's right. All right, you guys. Well, thanks for hanging out with us for another edition of Craft Will Never Die podcast. And we will see you next time. Later. Peace out. See you later. Later.